Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. First of all, we want to say a big fat thank you to everyone that entered the giveaway and did so by leaving a review. Guys, the reviews are the lifeblood of this podcast. In fact, it is what creates the momentum to make this higher up in the podcast ranking so that more women get this information. So thank you so much for that. Um, And then because you entered, we were able to go ahead and draw a winner for last week's giveaway, which we are announcing today for this podcast. This giveaway was for the postnatal cookbook by Jaren Soloff, registered dietitian and international board certified lactation consultant. And without further ado, the winner is larson.katya. Um, Her review, and I'm going to read it right now because we are so excited and grateful for it, says, Go to birth podcast. Helpful, educational, unbiased. This is my go-to podcast for birth-related content. These two ladies are fun-loving and passionate about women being educated about birth. They are helpful, experienced, provide quality education, and truly seem to not be biased in impressing their personal opinions on the listeners, but instead provide quality information for women to make educated decisions that are right for them. Thank you for all you do. Your resources are invaluable. Thank you so much, Katie, for leaving us this review and for everything that you said. That is truly our goal, unbiased information. Yes, we have our own feelings about things, but the whole point is to empower women to make decisions for themselves. No matter how we feel about things, it's how you feel about it and what's right for your birth experience, your body, your family, and your baby. So thank you again and congratulations. We will get that sent out this week. All right, we don't have the copyright to this music, but... If we did, the song would be Final Countdown. It's the final countdown. I don't know this song. If you've ever watched the show Arrested Development, it's like, (laughs) it's it's on there. It's a good one. This week, we're going to talk about what to do during those final weeks as you count down to your birthing day. We assume that you're just laying in bed eating ice cream listening to podcasts anyways. So (laughs) (laughs) this one should be a good one for you. Just a reminder, this is not a podcast about what to do when you're sick of being pregnant. We already have an episode for that, and we'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah, that one was more like how to get baby out, right? (laughs) Well, and what to do when you're like, I can't stand it. I don't want to be pregnant. How do I endure these last couple weeks? Instead, we're kind of going to take the approach of if it were Steph and I, here's what we would be doing those last two weeks in pregnancy. So the first thing on the list is prepping meals. And I I looked directly at Courtney and said, I would not be doing this thing. Okay, I have to ask why though? Why wouldn't you do that? Last two weeks, I feel like I wish I, I would be in the last two weeks and not have prepped meals and wish I would have done it earlier. 
but uh-huh. I wouldn't have done them because I'm lazy. It's so funny though, when we were talking to women and hearing what they had to say last two weeks of pregnancy, pretty much everybody said meal prep. I was so grateful I had a freezer full of meals or I had lots of little snacks ready to go. Yeah, so. no, it's. I think you should be doing it. And I think the last two weeks is the perfect <laughs> time to be doing it. I just don't know that I would be doing it. Okay, that makes sense. I can appreciate that. Well, maybe... What about this? You Maybe have, I would now. I don't know. Okay, but you have a lot of probably family, friends, neighbors, uh, yeah, church or we people. Have, that's totally true. And we have, um, what's that thing by us? The citrus pear. Citrus pear. Citrus pear is awesome. And especially with COVID, like you don't even have to go to the classes. They just like, so what citrus pear does is you like sign up for a certain amount of dinners and it's meal prep that you put into bags and freeze until you go to use it. And if you have a pressure cooker, it's crazy easy. But even with a crock pot, it goes from like, frozen to you can eat it um and so what they do though is they put all of your ingredients together and then you prep it at home so it's like this this meal is going to need half this thing of mushrooms chopped up it's going to need a piece of celery it's going to need this can of tomato sauce and you like put it all into the bag and you freeze it and then you just take it i'm not saying yeah i think meal prep is great it would have to be like my kind of meal prep. right i actually signed up for a citrus pear class and we did something like 10 to 12 meals and in fact if you wanted to double the recipes you could get even more in two hours and we went through those a lot faster than i wanted because they were so easy they were so easy to do so it's nice if you can sign up for a class or a service like that where they'll chop the onion for you or they'll prep a lot of these or ingredients. Or make your sister or mom do it. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Like, No, have, that's true. That's Yeah. That's you have people point. you want to help. Maybe you're like, Steph, where, that is not what I want to be doing. doing. Thing. <laughs> but maybe you could delegate it to someone. I love it. Yeah. I love delegating. I'm a great delegator. <laughs> I never do any of the work myself. No, I'm just kidding. That was a Michael Scott moment. All right. Our second tip for you, things that we would be doing the last couple of weeks would be creating stations around your house. What do we mean by that, Steph? Moms are so smart who do this. This is another thing that like, I wish I would have thought of this before. I would absolutely be doing this during those final weeks. So one for you in the bathroom. These are like little places, wherever you're gonna go, there's like a station of things that you're gonna need. So, Mm -hmm. right, like, you you know, like a breastfeeding station that's gonna have like all of like your lanolin or whatever you're gonna put on your nipples. It's gonna have bottles. Maybe it'll have burp pads, like, you know, whatever you're gonna like snacks and stuff for yourself. Um, but even in a bathroom, you're going to want to have the the little squirt bottle that you need when you go potty, your pads or whatever you're going to have there, oils or perineal spray, whatever you need to take care of yourself. Witch hazel. Witch hazel, yep. Right. And so you set up these stations and maybe you're like, you know what, I already know I'm going to be using the downstairs bathroom a lot plus the one in my bathroom. And so you just set up a little station, maybe a little basket with all these helpful things in there so that you're not, you know, walking with your pad and panties <laughs> around your ankles waddling over to get what you need. Not personal experience at all. (laughs) (laughs) Or shouting for someone to bring you stuff in the bathroom. It's all right there, ready to go. So many times. I know. (laughs) Stock extra toilet paper in there, you know? Remember to pat, pat gently. Don't Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't rub and wipe. Um, Same thing goes for, yeah, like Steph said, those breastfeeding or diaper changing stations. Think about where am I going to do a lot of my breastfeeding? See, in my mind, I thought it was, I'm going to do it every time in the baby's nursery, in mm-hmm. the rocker. But I found myself actually spending more time on the couch. And so yeah. I didn't do this before I had my baby, my first, but I ended up creating a breastfeeding station in the baby's room in the nursery. And I even have things in there like a phone charger, 
Um, oh, that's smart. Yeah, exactly. Some people were saying that they had a little phone stand so they could just put their phone on there and watch a show or listen to something or read a book. But have stuff there for you so that you're not having to get up and get all that. Um, if your baby is prone to blowouts, which I don't know a newborn <laughs> is there that a baby isn't. that's not? I yeah. know. Um, maybe having at each little breastfeeding station or diaper change station, you know, a what couple else every mom should have. This has nothing necessarily to do with what we're talking about here. But you know what you should have? Every mom should have a robovac. And not (gasps) just because it cleans up all of your stuff, which is the highlight of it. But I just had this vision of, like, I'm in one room. My husband's in the other. We're both tired and lazy. Nobody wants to get up. But I want a drink or a Oh, Stephanie, (laughs) come on. (laughs) You can drive them to you. Yeah, but it can't open the fridge door. No, but my husband could be as lazy as he wants on the couch and be like, yeah, here's your drink. Plop. (laughs) Come on. Everybody has a husband that's that lazy sometimes. I mean, if Amazon can drone packages to you, why can't we get something like that for you? I should robo-back my drink to myself. We are... We are just a few steps away from being the Jetsons. Is that too old of a show for people (laughs) to know? (laughs) Not to mention, I don't know. We're going to, that would make us turn into, what's the little, uh, Eva. Oh, Wally. Yeah. That would make us turn into Wally. You like so you know, lazy, can't yes. Your own like dreams. everybody, like you have no bone mass because you're floating around having everything <laughs> done. That's different. Oh it's my different. gosh! I'm just talking about a robovac for a drink. All right, meme of the week along these same lines. <laughs> it says, "What's stopping Jeff Bezos, the or- owner of Amazon, from being Santa? He has our addresses. He has drones. He has a wish list, <laughs> Amazon wish list, and intimate knowledge of our habits. He is specifically making the choice to." not be Santa. I'm gonna, I know exactly why, because if he has all of that information, then we're all on the naughty list. Oh gosh. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, look at this though. Here's a meme, and this is, maybe you guys should put this in your breastfeeding pile, or your diaper changing section. This dad put, this is brilliant. it's so smart, 25 pound weights on either side of his baby, like with the arms through. It's not like slamming on it, it's just making it so he can't lift his arms. Baby's totally happy in the picture, don't worry. And he says, men, follow me for more parenting tips. You're welcome. <laughs> so baby can't reach for his diapers. Private. Oh gosh, they get their little hands in there and then they get poo on their oh, hands. It's so gross. So good. So add weights to your list. There you go. All right. So besides meal prep and creating stations, we also want to recommend that you review the birth course, even if you've already completed it, like, oh, I completed it by 36 weeks. I promise there are sections in there that you should review again. Things like when should I head to my birthplace or all the what ifs and troubleshooting like I've happened across this issue and my provider saying this, what should I do? Um, you definitely need to be reviewing that stuff. Yeah, these are your kind of like last minute times to practice labor rehearsal, meditation, relaxation, get your like final things in that birth bag. Like if you forgot anything and that's double, triple checking, making sure you've got your essential oils or your rice packs or whatever's gonna come with you, that's definitely a good time for that. I love that a lot of women use this time to write their birth affirmation cards, um, little posters or little cards that maybe they wanna hang around their birth space. And kind of just that creativity that goes along with it. Like there's something to be said about being creative 
um, in general. And so I think spending time doing something creative before you have your baby can be really soothing and therapeutic. And how wonderful would it be to make that crafting time or whatever you're going to use to be creative in making birth affirmation cards because you're putting that love and and everything into it and you're getting a lot out of it as you're creating it as well. Well, I'm sure that as you're decorating them or coloring them or writing them out, you're also visualizing your birth. You're watching yourself move through contractions and being soft and open and relaxed and surrendered to those contractions. And so I think that could be a really powerful exercise to do. Even if you don't end up using them at your birthplace, I still think it has value in making them. Making sure, too, that you are watching positive birth story videos or talking to women who are telling you positive birth stories. I know when I was coming up to my births, I loved, I like binge watched, and there were not as many then as there are today, all of the positive birth stories I could handle. And all I would do is visualize like anything that I wanted to take from that into my own space. Like this is how this birth's gonna be. This is how I'm gonna breathe. This is the mood, the setting, the lighting, the whatever. Um, And then making sure you have what you need to set that up. Because I know that it's really easy for us to say, well, I don't know how it's going to happen to me. You're right. You don't know exactly how your specific story is going to unfold. But when you have enough actual images in your mind of, I saw all these videos of women working through their birth this way, um, you still have a pretty good sense of what's going to happen in general. And and that is well, applicable. And visualizing is huge, right? Yeah. Like in anything, in sports or um, in business or in life, like if you can visualize this is my goal and this is how I'm going to get there, like you're way more likely to get there. And not only that, but enjoy the process. I know that it can seem like there's a lot to do to get ready for baby, especially if you're like, oh, I just signed up for a birth course or I haven't packed my hospital bag yet. But please schedule some fun dates in there. Enjoy these last few weeks of it being maybe just you and your husband or you and your partner and your one and only child right now. (laughs) You're going to look back on that time and feel some nostalgia for it. Not to say that you're ever going to regret having this other baby or welcoming him into your home, but that's a special sacred time. And so plan a fun date or a few fun dates and and take advantage of that time. I know that with COVID that can make things a little bit harder. Not as much stuff is open. But even if it's like, hey, we're going to grab takeout and eat it in the parking lot or go to a park. And That's eat it. more on my level. When, <laughs> during the last few weeks when you're like, please, nobody look at the size of my body right now or my face for that matter. Like, yes, let's let's have a parking lot date by all means. <laughs> Along with that is taking lots of naps. Like it's true, your body gets tired and there's a reason that it's asking you to relax and slow down. And like the other side of that is you will hit that point where you're like nesting time and I'm going to freak out and do stuff for a couple hours, but definitely listen to your body and it's okay to take lots of naps. Right. Because don't you think when you're like exhausted from being up with a newborn all night and you're like, yeah, it's great that I spent four hours pregnant cleaning the fridge, but what was I thinking? I should have taken a dang nap instead. (laughs) So true. Yeah. So the time to be unpacking your breast pump, cleaning out all the parts and pieces, or washing those bottles is not after your baby comes home. (laughs) That stuff is such a pain in the butt, and you really want to be doing that beforehand. So this is a great activity to do in this final countdown period before birth. I mean, obviously, if there are things that you're hoping you might not need and therefore can take back later, well then, yeah, you don't need to unpack those. 
but I feel like every woman needs some kind of good breast pump or a haka, which are highly touted. You just want to make sure those are clean, ready to use, ready to go. Yeah, and I'd say along with that, prepping all of your baby stuff, right? If you haven't washed the baby clothes, the baby socks, the baby sheets, yeah, then all of that probably needs to get prepped. And I like doing that stuff at the end too because it gives me a distraction or something to do every day. Like even with my first baby, I was, I didn't work up to the end, which I really wished I would have, but I did want to be home at that time. And that's the kind of stuff I was doing right before baby got there. And like the organizing of the drawers and the baby room and like adding an extra decoration here or there, that was really fun. I would definitely be continuing to take any birth prep stuff that I had already started. That would be if I'm eating dates or you're taking like a birth preparatory tonic like the Dr. Christopher's or the Wish Garden one. Unripe papaya enzymes. Unripe papaya enzymes are not safe to take um, prior to being full term because they can um, help with uterine contractions and things like that, but it's a good thing to take to help prepare your body for birth once you're past that full-term period and and you're safe to go. Um, You can go online. There's studies of unripe papaya enzymes versus Pitocin and unripe papaya for induction. So just be aware, maybe do your own little research on that. And um, if that's something you feel like would be helpful, then go for it. And as always, it's a good idea to do those things under the direction of your provider. If you haven't already done so, now would be the time to pack your hospital bag. And you want to be mindful of there's going to be things like your wallet, maybe a phone charger, whatever, that you're going to need to leave out of that bag, but then put a post-it note on there reminding your partner or you of the last minute things to grab and add to it before you head to your birthplace. That's really smart. And I can relate to this packing your hospital bag late. And I say late because I'm like, You could go into labor at 36 weeks, but if you're like me, I'm like, that's what I do during early labor is I pack a bag. So (laughs) that's not what you want to do. You want to have it packed before you go into labor. Well, and I was always so antsy that like the minute I was 36 weeks, I'm like, I'm going to pack my bag. I finally Mm -hmm. get to pack it. Like it was something I was looking forward to because to me, that signals the end. Yeah, right? That's very true. Maybe that's, maybe I was trying to put it off. (laughs) Uh, Learn about breastfeeding now. I think right before baby's born is the perfect time to get a little bit knowledgeable about it. Hopefully you've done all your birth prep and you're feeling really confident and you're in a routine for what you need to do for yourself and your body for labor. But breastfeeding is something that's going to happen as soon as the baby is born. Like before you leave the birthplace, you will be nursing your baby. As soon as that baby's born, you should be nursing that baby. So if that's the case, you want to be able to have some information on it, like how to get a good latch, how to break a latch <laughs> or a bad latch, you know, um, and, and just different positions or how much milk you should be creating or how many diapers you need to see. So if you need more information on that, we'll put links below on where you can access it. We could- a lot of these basics like Steph said how to get a good latch how many diapers baby should be making how do you know if you're making enough milk we cover that in the my essential birth course because we're not going to create a birth course that just drops you the minute your baby's on the outside of you but there are other resources and courses that go far more in depth troubleshooting you know how do I pump to get ready to go back to work that kind of stuff and we'll link to some of those that we recommend 
Along those same lines, you really want to do your research now on support people just in case you need them. I know with my first, we really struggled with breastfeeding initially. I was tired, baby and I were frustrated to tears, really feeling discouraged. And then on top of that, I was having to research who's the best IBCLC within the Phoenix metro area, right? I kind of wish that I had done that research ahead of time so that I had that number and that person in mind and ready to go. And I could just pick up the phone and schedule an appointment rather than spending so much time trying to find the right person. So if it's an IBCLC, maybe a postpartum doula, you think you might not need one, but what if you do? You want to have somebody in mind. Um, You should already have a pediatrician ready to go at this point. But if not, research. Find one that kind of aligns with your parenting style and point of view and then have that number on standby. Now's a good time to have that nice long chat with your husband or partner if you haven't already done so about what it's going to look like when baby comes home because it's really easy for both people to assume that yeah I will take care of the baby Uh, but we will tell you as mothers ourselves that a lot of that the majority of it is going to be on you Um, obviously if you're breastfeeding or making milk to feed a child then there's going to be some things that dad can't do but as far as changing diapers or dressing and bathing a baby or holding the baby so that you can sleep or making dinner or doing laundry or cleaning the house all of that needs to be talked about discussed even in counseling if necessary so that it's not such a heavy weight and a place for division when baby comes home Yeah, because can you imagine the amount of resentment you might feel if maybe in the past you've been the one to cook and clean, you know, if you have a very traditional setup within your home, and then you bring this new baby home, you're exhausted, you're sore, um, and you're trying to breastfeed and, and figure out your new role as mom, and then have your partner expecting you to keep up all those things that you were doing before. That's just kind of cruel, I think. So have these discussions ahead of time. Another thing you're going to want to talk about together is how will the two of you determine if the current plan that you have in place for postpartum isn't working? And what's a safe way and a safe space for you both to bring those concerns to the other? And what kind of plan, how will you rework that, right? So you just want to have really excellent communication here um, and understand the expectations that you have from one another. And um, like Steph said, if you need to do that with somebody else mediating that conversation, then go for it. We've talked about this in another episode and kind of that like partner communication, but I'll tell you even to this day, my husband and I check in weekly, and I know that this is very common for a lot of couples. We use Sunday because it's kind of our down day, our spiritual day, however you want to look at it. And we talk about the things that matter. So we start, it should always start with positives. Like these are the things that have been so helpful for me or thank you when you took the baby and I could just shower. That was so helpful. I felt so good. Uh, You want to give like, I think it's like a five to one ratio, right? Like five compliments to one will you work on this for me and if you guys check in every week it really I I feel like then there's no like harbored resentments or like a long time or if you can see that there's an issue it's just like catching a postpartum mood disorder like if you catch it early enough and you get the help early enough then it doesn't have to turn into this big boulder it's also a good opportunity to practice bringing these things up in a constructive loving and compassionate way Um, and it's okay for the two of you to recognize that The solution to whatever issue you may be facing doesn't have to rest solely on your shoulders, right? You can bring in extra help. So if the if the frustration is that um, he's like, you know, I'm I'm working all day, I'm tired too, because I I do get 
woken up at night. I know you don't mean to, but like I'm not staying up with the food and the cleaning and I need some help. And you're feeling like I don't have the bandwidth to do that. Mm -hmm. It's okay for the solution to be what expenses can we cut back on so that maybe we can bring somebody in to help with those two things. So um, anyway, just know that there's, there's hope, there's solutions, but now is the time to be mapping out a postpartum plan for both of you and figuring out division of responsibilities. Yeah, and utilizing what you have, who you have around you too. If you can't maybe financially afford it, I just talked to a mom the other day that said, you know, I had my mom come over and she held the baby for two hours so my husband and I could talk about finances and then I took a nap. Like that's gold, that's awesome. You, You have to utilize what you have around you. And another thing that should help your relationship. (laughs) Let's end on a high note, shall we? Um, We're also assuming that if you are getting close to the end here, you're doing everything you can to get that baby out, including having lots of sex, taking lots of walks, nipple stimulation, right? All the like jumpstart your birth things that are going to help move things along. But I feel like especially the sex part, because if you're following <laughs> your... horn dog. No. <laughs> especially <laughs> the sex part. But if you're following your midwife or your doctor's orders and you're not really supposed to be having intercourse those six weeks postpartum because your body is trying to heal, um, then you may want to be getting in a little extra right beforehand. And on that note, I will just say, you know your body best. I thought you were going to go into foreplay. I was like, (laughs) on that note, since you can't for six weeks. Oh gosh. I mean, yes, obviously there's There's other other things things. you can do. (laughs) But I know for me, like I was so tired and he wasn't even going to be like, hey, court. (laughs) Nobody was going near that subject. But it's funny because I know that some women who are like, oh my gosh, we totally had sex like three or four weeks postpartum. Like, did I ruin everything? I want to say, I feel like you know your body best it is oh you know when it's time we did it I was nervous the first time we had a cesarean and stuff but there there was another time where it was early (laughs) (laughs) um okay along with that I'll tell you what I do during my last two weeks like for my walks Target, hello. Uh, Target with a mask, that I guess, with COVID. That could be a pricey walk. It could be. A, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also just fun to, like, browse, and then you've got a, a cart to hold on to, and you can squat down and look at toys, <laughs> and I don't know. I feel good about if Target. If your water breaks, it's like a linoleum floor. <laughs> it's like, And you've got those, like, daily things that are just, I, like, for me, I was, maybe I shouldn't share this, I was having, like, an Oreo milkshake a day the second that I passed my due date, so I'm, I'm so not coming up to it. But you have to have those little things that you look forward to. Like if I'm pregnant by Saturday on this week, still I'm getting an Oreo milkshake. Or I'm getting my hair is. done. I'm getting my nails done. Yeah, we we go over a lot of that stuff in the what to do when you're sick of being pregnant episode. So like we said, we'll link to that. But you guys, we want to hear from you. What did you do during those last two weeks of pregnancy that we didn't mention? Or what do you wish you had done? Or what do you anticipate you're going to do? Tell us so we can share on Instagram. All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you.